Chicken Long Talk Radio. And if you are watching us live on the Female Solution Global Radio TV show, we want you to write in your comments and make sure you share this show. We will be right back after this brief message, so stay with us. I'm Barbara. I'm Cheryl. We're three black moms. And in case you didn't notice the resemblance, we're also three sisters. We're going to be coming to you every week, sharing our successes and our mistakes as we navigate our lives as moms, wives, sisters, daughters, and of course, black women in today's world. We'll talk about it all. Race, politics, religion, economics, culture, and we'll take a look at everything from whether or not to use corporal punishment to how do you teach your children about sex. Growing Up Charles is a personal story about our lives growing up in Maple Park on Chicago's South Side. I'm Barbara. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Naima. We're Three Black Moms. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Three Black Moms. And we are back. You are listening to and watching the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. I'm Naima Latif. And today, our conversation is all about love. Yes. What does it take to make a love relationship work? Well, we want you to think about if you have had a relationship that didn't last, and maybe it ended bitterly. Well, today, joining us live from London, our host, Jana, will be talking to attorney Wendy Williams, who's a candidate for Cook County Circuit Court judge, and she brings 25 years of experience in family law court, and she's seen some amazing patterns of divorce. What really happens when a relationship falls apart? What is on the inside? And what causes the distress that breaks the love relationship? Were there things that people didn't see in themselves and others before they got together? Well, we'll talk about that. And we invite you to call in. We are live on the Female Solution Global Radio TV show on YouTube and Facebook. And you can call in to our blog talk channel. 515-605-9325, and we're also live on the on-air radio network, 727-731-5192. And as always, we appreciate you for adding your wisdom 
and being part of the solution. And we're going to go to this quick reminder once again for those who may be wanting to reach out and share some more news about something you have to offer. Well, we reach a global platform every day. And if you've got something to share with the world, we want to give you a chance to do it. So we'll be right back after this brief message. So stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back. So stay with us. And if you're watching this, that means you're one of the 4.6 billion people from around the world who are using an electronic device to talk to people. In these times, people are using the Internet to talk to everyone. Friends, neighbors, family members, co-workers. People are on their cell phones and computers all day long. Now, if you're in business, that is great news. That means you can sell your products and services all day long and never have to leave your home. All you need is a media center, somebody to connect you to an audience. And that's why I'm talking to you today. We produce programs, and our audience members are people who shop. They buy clothes, food, beauty supplies, cleaning supplies, home repair, transportation services, child care services, whatever you're selling, they need to buy. We're your leader. Follow this link. And tomorrow, you can sit back and relax at home while your business is making you money. Yes, you can sit back and relax at home while your business is making you money. That's what it's all about, reaching a global marketplace from right there in your own home. And we've got some people who are joining us today, and they have a thought to share. And grand rising to our dear Monday morning mindfulness host, Zelda Speaks. And she says, grand rising, watching you live from the south side of Chicago. Well, there are some great things happening here on the south side of Chicago that we want to share with you. We've got some programs that are helping to enhance people's lives, and we're here to bring you live some comments from people who are attending these events. Today, certainly excited to be bringing you uh, more conversations from men who are certainly wanting to make a difference and they are choosing to come together and talk about it at a special men's summit meeting. And our guest today will be joining us from that summit meeting. And this is a men's summit at the Shine Bright Community Discover Center at 8560 South Cottage Grove Avenue in Chicago going on today. It says join 
us for our first ever men's summit. We have exceptional speakers ready to give all men the keys to success. Well, that's a critical point because we know that men really struggle in this society. There's so much pressure on men right now because a lot of the culture has changed and it's undefined and Men aren't always sure what the right thing is to do. They get criticized for making the wrong choices and being too macho, (laughs) Uh, the toxic male who learns that you're supposed to suppress the voice of a woman. But at the same time, they're expected to be sensitive, and when they are, sometimes they're accused of not being manly enough, not being strong enough. So there's a lot of confusion sometimes among men. And so when it comes to love relationships, sometimes they're not sure what to do because Women are changing, and women are expressing different expectations. Women are independent and assertive, and so they're a mixed signal. Men are still expected to be the the breadwinners and the strong voices of guidance and discipline for children, and yet they're supposed to be able to change a diaper and and cuddle a child and understand when a woman just needs to be held because she's crying and sad and hurt and needs comfort. They're supposed to know how to do all these things. But many of our men have been deeply wounded in life with Experiences that have made them feel like nothing. So we're going to bring on the screen this special men's summit, and we'll be bringing on our Saturday morning host, Jana, as she prepares to talk to our guests attending this summit, and she'll be talking to Attorney Wendy Williams, whose 25-plus years of family law gives her some insight, especially during these times when men are going through some severe difficulties and struggling to try to figure out what it really means to be a man and Are they ready for the challenges of today's manhood? And are they given guidance on the new cultural expectations? So many men are going into relationships after having experienced divorce, and they really don't know what to do because they don't want to experience failure again, and they're often in pain 
from the past. So how do we give them the assurance that they're going to be accepted despite their mistakes? We're expecting these things from the man. Are we ready to forgive their mistakes? And what about the women? How are we going to learn how to be both assertive and nurturing? Sometimes our assertiveness can be crushing to the male ego. And when we're raising sons, we are defining for a man what love from a woman feels like. And sometimes it's pretty harsh, the feeling that we're giving them. Because when we're raising a son, and sometimes if we're a single mother raising a son, we feel like we have to be hard like a man so that our sons can face the world. And so sometimes we're not as nurturing. Sometimes we're lacking in affection, and we don't know. We don't Mama know. Joy, Chicago. We don't know how hurtful our words can be. So we're going to bring on our Saturday host, and we've got some callers, and we're excited because we're going to be talking to attorney Wendy Williams, who is attending this men's summit meeting that is going to perhaps give us some insight on how men think and what they're experiencing. And let us bring on our dear sister, Donna, live from London, England. Thank you so much for giving us your wisdom today about love. And we're going to be bringing on Attorney Williams real soon. But, of course, this month on The Female Solution, it's all about love. And one of the most important things we can learn and teach is self-love. So take it away, Wendy. Jana. Hi. Happy February, everybody. (laughs) Yes. Greetings. Uh, it's Greetings, everyone. In- um, this is Jana, and I'm the host yes. of the Success Strategy Show on the Female Solution Worldwide Radio and TV Network. It's February, everybody, so happy February. I'm here on the first Saturday of every month to help you to find solutions and strategies for any problems or challenges you may be experiencing. We are here to help you make 2024 your best year yet. If you have a question for me or for my guests, please phone 
605-935-9325. Outside of the United States, the number is 001-515-605-9325. You can also find us on YouTube at The Female Solution and on Facebook at The Female Solution. As we know, I just want to say Happy Black History Month or African Heritage Month to everyone. That's what it's called, African Heritage Month. February is Black History Month or African Heritage Month in the U.S. And here in Britain, we celebrate the official Black History Month in October, but really every month is Black History Month. And I've linked below to my most recent conversation with Brother Tony Warner, who runs London Black History Walks, and he has recently brought out a book entitled Black History Walks in London. He's always full of loads of information, and so is his book. So have a listen. The link is below. And I always learn something when I speak with Brother Tony. My guest today is family law expert Wendy Williams, and we are talking relationships. She will talk about what makes a relationship work and why relationships break down. She has, I believe, 25 years of experience as an attorney, and she's now candidate for Cook County Circuit Court Judge. <laughs> as Elton John and yes. Ben Torpin said, we all fall in love sometimes. The human heart has an amazing, unlimited capacity for love. And Valentine's Day celebrates all different kinds of love, including parental love, sisterly and brotherly love, the love of our friends, and even the love we have for our pets. But these days, the focus seems to be more on romantic love. So, mm. welcome, welcome, Attorney Williams. Uh, she hasn't joined us yet, but she will be in just one moment. But we've got some callers on the line that want to Great. This welcome to the show. Who's on the uh, line, please? Hi, this Joy. is Yana. Who's Mama? on the line? Okay, Mom, yes. can 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 I can you hear me? Yes. Uh, Mama Joy is on the on air radio network line, and uh, go right ahead, Mama Joy. Okay, can Hi, you hear welcome, me, Mama Joy? Well, welcome to you too. Oh, I tell you, I'm excited about your coming on and bringing us this attorney. I am excited about the topic, too, about uh, our men, you know, the concern about them. And, you know, sometimes yeah. um, it takes a while for you to really know how important men are and how valuable they are. You know, I used to talk about truck drivers all the time, and I'd tell them, oh, they're disgusting, they ride, they don't care, blah, blah, blah and doing a lot of things I wanted to mention. But then my son became a truck driver. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, my goodness, I need people to pray for him. <laughs> right. Because, right. And I think that sometimes we forget, my yeah. sister, that each one of us is a child of some mother's love. That's right. That's and right. They have value. As human beings, we we tend to put each other down, not realizing that it's not the value that we see in others. It is coming through that 
lack of value of ourselves. And no, absolutely. Self-love and self-appreciation is so important. It, it Sorry is. Sorry to cut you, my love. You can't. Oh, honey child, look. I, I love you. <laughs> and I love you. Yeah. Good, I love and you too. Because I'm not going to hang because uh, uh, I, I love the female solution and the topics they bring. I drive and I'm starting to look at young men. And as I began to age, I realized how important the, the elders are, how valuable right, right. our lives and our experiences are. And I I went to a meeting we had of a, um, for the police, and mm-hmm. they were awarding two of the gentlemen who were um, present when the female officer, uh, France, she was about 27, I believe. And so when I went to this this meeting and this congregation, Naima, all I could see was my children. Wow. All I could see was my children. They're because all of our children, aren't they? All of the officers. Right. All of, all of the They're all of our children. And we're responsible for yes. that. Right. And I remember a few and years we, ago, this lady, Charmaine Simpson from uh-huh. Black History Studies, was saying that, you know, when we see young people, was it Charmaine? It was somebody who was Black History Studies anyway. Was saying, when we see young people, particularly young men, we don't go up to them and say hi to them. Now, you may not know them, but we want them to know that their elders care about them. And so now I have a practice as I see a bunch of young men. I don't always do this because I have to feel safe. But, you know, sometimes I'm right. going to go up to them and say, what are you up to? What have you been doing? Oh, you just graduated from high school. Okay, so what are your plans? Just to let them know that people in the community care about them. Yeah. Practice that. Practice that. That's true. Because these gentlemen were still traumatized by that. And I never felt that before. Mm. You're right. That's what we should do. Get into practice. I like yeah. what you said. Make a practice of practice. it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, you Let the young people know. And I'm an elder now, so I can say this, because I'm basically old enough to be everybody's <laughs> granny now. So I can say this. We need to let the young people know that we really <laughs> care about them. They're important to us. They're our future. Exactly. 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 Well, I thank you. Well, about well, I guess we're in the same club, and we and, and as we go out, that's our responsibility. Yeah, that's right. It's our responsibility. It's our responsibility to look after the next generation. Well, all right, in the good word. So I will leave you with that, and thank you so okay. very much for well, taking thank my call. You. Thank you, so much. Thank thank you so much. And uh, before you go, Mama Joy, uh, Reverend Mama Joy is here live over every second Saturday of the month on okay, the Female yeah. Solution Global TV Show. Uh-huh. So yeah. you have uh, the next next Saturdays. Next Saturday, uh, yeah. Next Saturday, next Saturday we're going to be dealing with dreams. Uh, oh, and really? That's is, interesting. Uh, Baba Ali Mahab. Yeah, yeah. You know, as a manifest physician, I had not practiced in a long time. And so when I found him and got into his book, 
I said, oh, my stars, i got to get back in my dream book. And okay, okay. Yeah, it's so important, isn't it, to analyze our dreams. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that walk in your authority. So I'm going to set you free and let you walk in your power, your authority this morning. Thank you, Mama. <laughs> well, thank you so and, much, Mama. Uh, we appreciate you so very much for sharing your insight and wisdom and and understanding and, most of all, your spirit. We appreciate <laughs> you very much. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right. You said it better than me, but I agree with what you said. And as I was just saying, Valentine's Day celebrates all different kinds of love, although the emphasis is on romantic love. It actually celebrates all different kinds of love. Yes, and, and Mama Joyce says, Grand Rising to you and the wonderful crew of the female solution. Yes. And thank you for being part of that group. Yes, she does such a wonderful job. And this is is really a wonderful time to be alive. I always say that because this is a time of transition into higher consciousness. We're here to look at our mistakes that we've made so that we can learn from them. Yeah, yes, but I think it's always time to do that. Always. I mean, I'm very worried about the future, yeah. and I try not to talk about it too much because I think the more we talk about peace, the more we can bring about peace. But the world at the moment yeah. seems to be moving in a different direction. And I guess we need and to be mindful to of that while we're still talking it. about peace and <laughs> thinking peace. Yes, yes. We have to think peace and speak peace into existence, we have the power to do that. And and cultivate peace within our own hearts. The more we can cultivate peace within our own hearts, the more we can bring about peace in the world around us. That is right. That's how it happens. That's exactly how it happens. So, you know, and you mentioned this is all about all kinds of love. People People focus on romantic love because it's kind of the foundation of what builds families, and families are the 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 foundation of what builds the society. Whatever is happening in the society, it first happens in our homes. I think there's a, I think it's the Ghanaian saying thing that the ruin of a nation begins in the homes of its people. So okay, well that makes a lot of sense. As a Buddhist, we have a love emphasis on going forth. And there's a lot of people, starting with the Buddha himself, he couldn't actually make spiritual progress where he was living with his father who adored him and his wife and his little baby son. So he had to go forth and leave them behind because he wanted to seek enlightenment. So there's a lot of encouragement. In our tradition, there's a lot of encouragement for people to leave home and leave the family behind. But after he attained enlightenment, he went back to his father and he taught his father how to attain enlightenment, and I believe he taught his um, his foster mother as well, who was his auntie, and his family became enlightened. But sometimes you have to be the first one. You have to, have to be the one that takes the first step into the unknown to seek the truth, and then once you find it, then you can come back and bring it to your community, to your home, to your family. That is true. That's true. And you know, sometimes our family was definitely not um, the kind of nurturing environment that I needed when I was growing up. You know, so I left and I moved to a different country. 
Mm. You yeah, know, and I'm much. sure there was a lot of um, love there, but there was also a lot of trauma and traumatizing behavior. And I just decided I needed to be somewhere else, so I am now. You know, it's yeah. not been easy, yeah. but if you look for it, you know that song, Love is All Around Us? I mean, that might sound really corny, but I love that song. I think that song is absolutely yeah. brilliant because it's true. Love is all around us all the time. Yes, it is. Love is all around us. We have angels and all different I, kinds I, of beings, spirit guides who are around us all the time, who are protecting yeah. us and guiding us and nurturing us. And, you know, if we don't have a nurturing environment or we don't come from a nurturing environment, we can still create one. The Buddha said That's to the right. monks, we have to be family for each other because we left our families behind. We have to be family for each other. Yeah. A lot of people don't have good relations with their actual blood family, but that doesn't mean you can't still have the experience of having a family because, like you say, they're family all around us, and sometimes sometimes the best friend that you grew up in school with that becomes more like your sister than the sister that's in your household. Just because Absolutely. That's the one Absolutely. who yeah. love. That's the one there for you. That's the one who you can talk to and get get compassion from. You know, your, your sister that grew up in the household that you might learn to bully you, might learn to tease you mercilessly, might have, might have been uh, even violent towards you because of whatever was happening on the inside of them. Maybe they were not that's capable right. of right. being sisters. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if you have a narcissistic parent, as I did, I had a narcissistic mother, what tends to happen is everybody else sort of gathers around the narcissistic parent and colludes with them. And then one person gets scapegoated. So one person is basically blamed for everything. So that was me. I was the one who was scapegoated. And it was horrible, but the good thing about it was it prepared me for life. (laughs) It prepared me for life, you know, because um, scapegoating can happen anywhere. And that's interesting that you look at it that way, that it prepared you for life. It really did. We come into families that that already have challenges, you know, parents that have issues, and and some of them are really awful. But what that yes, that's right. Well, it's, it's today I've been watching all these YouTube videos, and I normally do not watch true crime. I don't watch it on TV. We have a lot of it. I don't know about over there, but I'm assuming you have it over there. But we have a lot of programs yeah. about true crime over here, and a lot of them come from the States. And I don't watch them because I don't mm. see the point of it. But I don't know why, for some reason, all these mm-hmm. true crime videos have started coming into my feed, right? On YouTube, maybe because um, I've been looking at stuff about Donald Trump, and you know, oh, wow. he's now been told he has to pay eighty-three million dollars to this woman who he raped, sexually assaulted, and um, then lied about and, and called her a lie. This is the thing he defamed her. That's why he's having to pay so much money. And I don't know if that's why, but I've been getting all these true crime. Um, videos today, and I've been watching them thinking, why are these coming into my feed? And there's so much of it. And some of the things that parents do to their children is just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Some of the things that siblings do to each other. So, you know, we we need to cultivate love and peace within our own hearts. It's the only way to change the world. 
It's the only way to do it. Yeah. We can't be waiting for somebody else to change, right? We have to do it. That's, that's right. And I, I, I've, I've observed that people who come from challenging circumstances where parents are mean and cruel and unloving, those are the people who learn how to love because they've had to overcome that. So that actually becomes a benefit, just like just like being born in a wheelchair where you may have had to use your arms to, to roll the wheels. Now you've got exceptionally strong muscles in your yes. arms, you know, yes, yes. and the average arms person. Stronger. Yeah. yeah, so anything you've had to overcome makes you stronger in that area, which – of course, you wouldn't know that growing up. Growing up, you're you're so busy fighting to survive and, and mentally yeah, survive right. that you don't realize that you're actually developing a strength, and that helps yeah, you to be absolutely. able to help and, You know, even when we're adults, it can take a long time to heal from trauma. I know you've written a book about healing from trauma, and I'm working on my book, which is largely to do with healing with trauma, from trauma, success yeah. strategies for black people. I'm hoping to bring it out. This time, I mean, later on in the year, because I had a catastrophe happen where um, my hard drive failed. But that's a whole other conversation. I lost all my books, and they were all in my hard drive, but I'm working on getting my hard drive fixed. Anyway, like I said, that's a whole other conversation. Um, But, you know, sometimes as human beings, we have to fix ourselves. We have to heal ourselves. It's the only way forward. So I've got someone on the line, so I'm thinking we need to go to a commercial. And then I'm going to welcome yeah, my guest. What do you think? Back to We'll come to you after the break. And you are watching and listening to the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. I'm Naima Latif, and we have with us our first Saturday of the month host, live from London, Jana. And this is Success Strategies with Jana. And we'll be back, and soon we'll be talking to attorney Wendy Williams who is running for judge of the Cook County Circuit Court, and she's got 25-plus years of experience in the courtroom in family law watching couples battle it out. And she can give us some insight on why that happens. What happened to the love? Well, maybe there are some things we didn't see about ourselves and the other person before we even got involved. So we'll talk about that. You said maybe. Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) There's definitely stuff we haven't seen, which we have to acknowledge and deal with, don't we? Yeah. We'll be right back. We'll we'll be right back. (laughs) We'll talk more. We all say we would like to be wealthy, but wealth isn't determined by how much money you have. Wealth is determined by your power to define what money is. The dictionary defines money as something used as a way to pay for goods and services and to pay people for their work. So how would you like to have access to an unlimited source of money? Money that is not taxed by the government. Money that increases as you share the opportunity with others. Money that you can use to pay for goods and services and pay people for their work. I'm talking about Bitcoin. It's the future of independent wealth building. Bitcoin is the new money that you control. Get started building your wealth. Call 312-849-3456. 
That's 312-849-3456. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Naima Latif executive producer of the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. We are a part of the online network of associated internet radio hosts, On Air. On Air empowers you with transformative news and interactive radio TV shows. This is such a wonderful time to be alive and to see our human family coming together as one community as a result of that powerful tool, the Internet. We can now talk directly to each other all over the world. There's no need for conflict or misunderstanding. There's no need for violence to solve our differences. We can talk to each other face-to-face until we reach an agreement. On Air offers a fantastic global guide to communicators from all over the world who are using their Internet platforms to inspire us to strive to be our best selves in order to become the kind compassionate, loving people we were all born to be. Once we do that, we'll see planet Earth transformed into a place of peace. Subscribe to the recommended YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and podcasts created by these Voices of Enlightenment. On Air provides daily news briefs and a weekly magazine to keep you abreast of events and opportunities. On-air news affiliates in television, radio, and print share information, insight, and interviews with notable personalities. Go to onaireverywhere.com for a daily dose of uplifting news. We're on-air everywhere, online all the time. And we're back. Welcome back. We're back. And I'm just going to let her in now. Uh, I think Hi, that is another call. Hi, welcome to Success Stages with Yana. Who's on the line? Admiral Nelson Bay. Okay, welcome, Admiral. Yes, uh, yes. I'm here at the 87th and uh, Cottage Grove about a block away, so I'm about to walk up to where Sister uh, Naima and... Um, Wendelin uh, Williams is. Okay. Yes. Well, we were looking forward to hearing from your, hearing your perspective on what you see and hear at the next 
meeting. So we're gonna we're gonna mute your uh, uh, we're gonna mute your mic for now. Bring you back on when you're inside. Uh, and give you an opportunity to uh, hear a bit of their presentation, and then we'll open your mic back and uh, get your get your comments. And you know we we always love to hear from the men because that gives us the perspective on how we're really influencing them, how we're really uh, having an impact on them. Sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we're really not aware yeah, that's of right. how the things we say and do are affecting them. And men tend not to speak sometimes. They tend you know, not men to have always... Trouble, often have trouble talking about their feelings. I'm really interested in hearing yeah. about this men's summit, which is happening today at the Scheinberg Community Discover Center um, and what that's all about. Because <laughs> I think it's so important that men together get together and talk about things. Women have been getting together and talking about things officially since the 1970s, but unofficially a lot longer. And men mm-hmm. are reluctant to show their weaknesses or their vulnerabilities. They don't want to talk about things. And sometimes they need to talk about things, but they don't. So I guess the Men's Summit is going to be a great opportunity for them to, to share their experiences. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think know, also... Have you heard about the post office scandal that we've been having going on in Britain? No. Oh, it's really, really bad. What happened about a month ago, once upon a time there were only three TV stations. Now we have loads, like everywhere. But there was only BBC One, BBC Two, and ITV, which I think stands for independent television. Anyway, we still have all those stations. We have a lot more now. But on ITV, they did this drama about a month ago about the post office scandal, where the post office had... Um, had um, put in a new computer system called um, Horizon, which was made by Fujitsu. All of this is in the public domain. And um, it was going bad. It it was causing problems from the moment it was installed. And the post office kept pretending that there was nothing wrong with it. And um, a lot of postmasters, we have what's called sub-postmasters, which are people who own a shop. And then they might have a post office in the back of their shop. They started being accused of stealing money, or they just were being told money's gone missing. Money's gone missing. Money's gone missing. And your contract says that you have to replace it. And people kept, some people kept putting in all their money, all their savings. Um, and some people were uh, accused and convicted of uh, false accounting. Oh, some people were sent to prison. There's over 900 oh, people, I think, who were sent to prison. And all and oh, didn't admit that there was a problem. But you know what the post office said to every single sub-postmaster? You're the only one. You're wow. the only one. So only because this drama came out, this has been going on for more than 20 years now, only because this drama came out last month that all of a sudden everybody's up in arms and the parliament is saying we need to do something about it and the prime minister is saying we need to do something about it, which is good, but this has been going on for 20 years. 
People have lost everything. But, I mean, people have gone bankrupt. You know, they've lost their homes. They've lost everything. But um, one thing that struck me was that when they would phone up Horizon to get some help and advice and support, they were all told, you're the only one. You're the only one who's having these problems. Nobody else has reported these problems. And we can Nobody go through life thinking that we're the only one. You get me? That's, yes. That is, and that's what creates trauma. You know, when, when you're going through something and, and nobody, mm. what do they call it, gaslighting, people treating you like it's all in your, it's just, it's just you, nobody else having that problem, it must just be you, something wrong with you. And you yeah, can go exactly. through life believing exactly. that. Exactly. Why don't I give it to my account? Yes. Why don't I give it to my account? Yeah, that is exactly what happens often. You know, I think that we should always, whenever we're having a problem, we should ask other people if they're going through the same thing. Because yes, sometimes talk to professional, because sometimes professionals can give us a bit of perspective when we think we're the only yeah. one, and we can become very yeah. isolated. But it's hard. It is hard to ask for help when you need it. Sometimes it's very, very yeah. hard to ask for help. And then what I was finding for years with mental health services is that, that because of the way I present, right, I come across as very confident, which I am, and so mm-hmm. they would, and articulate, which I am, and so they would assume yeah. that I didn't have any problems. <laughs> and when I say people, I mean yeah. mental health professionals, right? <laughs> I had a really hard time until I got an advocate, and then I started getting some decent support. But I still have to fight for it sometimes. Um, because yeah. they um, stereotype people. So if you got mental health problems, I don't know what they expect. Do they expect you're going to be crying all the time? What do they expect? Because that's, that's, I wasn't brought up to cry in front of people. You get what I'm saying? Yes. I was not brought and, up and to I cry up in front of people. So, you know, that again? And now that I think about it, I grew up being teased for because when I was very young, I was very, very sensitive, and I would cry all the time. You know, people can be very merciless when it comes to so I learned very early not to show my emotions and so now I don't display when I'm sad because of being ridiculed out of that yes uh and so people won't know people won't know if you're sad you're grieving if you're distressed if you have learned to suppress those because of the way our society treats people if they show any kind of vulnerability. Well, yeah, and, and I think and it's a cultural why- thing as well, Naima, because in slavery time, if you showed vulnerability, then basically you became a target. And I found this in my own family. When I was vulnerable, I became a target. And um, Henry Louis Gates did this program about, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago or something, where he traveled all around Africa, different countries. And when he was in South Africa, he went to this church. And where the altar stands now, it used to be a slave auction block. Mm. And they would take people, they'd hang them up, you know, on some kind of um, structure, and they would whip them. And if anybody called out or cried out or fell down or anything like that, they would kill them because they weren't strong enough. So we have this deeply embedded in our history, this thing of not showing any vulnerability, because when you show vulnerability, you become a target. Yes. 
That's so horrible. That's so horrible. But yeah. that's, that's where a lot, a lot of men and women are, where they, they cannot show any kind of vulnerability or you'll be picked on more. That's and right. you'll be, right. like you mentioned, even killed, brutalized. So exactly. To be exactly. beaten. So uh, as, as I always say, we have a lot of healing to do. We have a lot of healing to do. Yes, yes. And how many people got beatings as children and then they were told to shut up as they were getting beaten? You're getting mm-hmm. whipped yep. with some, some device, so a, a branch, mm-hmm. a, a, a cord, you know, something awful. Yeah. And then yeah. as you cry, which you when you're in pain, then you're told, shut up. Yes, that, that's is right. the, that is that's the trauma right. that we're all carrying, you know. And uh, when I hear people mm-hmm. say ridiculous things like, oh, the problem with these children is that they're not getting enough spanking, they're not getting whipped enough, yeah. I think, how traumatized were you that you that's were beaten right. and it scarred you right. this horrifying personality that everybody knows that you have with you, and yet you think that the remedy for our children is to beat them the way you were beaten so they can turn out awful right. like you. <laughs> But you see, the thing is, that's all someone knows because that's what someone's experience. So, of course, it's going to inflict the next generation or they will inflict it on the next generation. And this will just keep happening until we heal it. You know, I've got this new project which I'm running, which is called Holistic Parenting. And um, one of the reasons I started it is that I walk, and one of the reasons I'm talking, I'm teaching nonviolent communication particularly to parents, is I walk through my neighborhood and I see parents saying things like, well, if you cry, I'm going to beat you, which is what I was told when I was a child. Yeah, if you mm-hmm. cry, I'm And sometimes you. I intervene, sometimes so I don't know what to say. Right. So but I want all parents to upskill now. I want all parents to develop these skills, right, because NBC is all about, um, it's all about empathy. So if we, de- if we develop empathy skills and the parents develop empathy skills, then the next generation will benefit. And let me tell you one little thing, yeah. which is that Marsha Rosenberg, oh, gosh, my cat, I don't know why she decides she likes biting me now. I might have to take her to the vet because she's normally very gentle. But um, Yeah, there's some reasons for that. I think I've probably seen some knows Valentine's Day is coming, so she wants to make sure I don't forget her on Valentine's Day. <laughs> That's not nice. (laughs) But, um, yeah, Marshall Rosenberg, who sort of more or less invented nonviolent communication, um, he um, tried working with people in Israel and Palestine. And he worked with them for a while, Mm. and he wasn't getting anywhere. So he decided he was going to have to work with the children. So he started working with the children, and he started making progress. And I think that's what we need right now. A whole bunch of NVC trainers need to be in Israel and Palestine and in Gaza right now, teaching the children. Teaching the children um, these skills, because I'll tell you something. All these bombings and whatnot and all these killings and everything that's going on in Gaza, that's teaching the children something else. That's yeah. teaching the children yeah. to be violent, and they're learning this lesson at a very early age. Yeah. So if we're going to change what's going to happen in the future, we have to start with the children because the adults, they're too far gone. They don't, they have difficulty changing the way they think. 
And you That's have to right. go through and a lot of Jewish people in different parts of the world really identify personally with Israel. So when Israel is attacked, they take it as a personal attack. So that's a problem that goes yeah. very, very deep. But I remember when 9-11 happened, right, and I was living here in London where I still live now, and I felt like it was a personal attack because New York is my hometown. Mm. Yeah. I remember what that was like. You know, yes. I, I felt, mean, you, you, I felt you're it angry, as if it was a personal attack. Naima, this is saying the stream that's left is two minutes. Can you see it? Uh, I'm going to look and see. Uh, stream. No, it's one minute and uh, one hour and six minutes and 24 seconds. Okay, excellent, because my one says two minutes, two and a half minutes now. So presumably that's wrong. Okay. You know what? <laughs> to make sure you're right me, one. That's what it says. Stream left is 228, 227, 226. It's counting down. So if I suddenly go off the air, you know why, yeah? <laughs> okay. Well, you know, you know what? Let, let's, uh, where are we at? Let's, let's go to, I'm going to, I'm going to play a, a, a video commercial while you sign back on just to make sure that you're on the, on the right, uh, on the right one. <laughs> Okay, um, well, I'm doing this by phone, though, but I can do that. Yeah, cool. Yeah. You know what? Let me give you a number to call, uh, another number, the other number to call in. Uh, okay. The um, their radio network. Let me put this. Let me get a sheet of paper. Okay. What's the number? Uh, that is, oh, I guess you dialed the, the country code, the 001, and then uh, yeah. 727 Yeah. Seven three one. Yeah. Seven three one. Seven three one. Five one nine two. Five one nine two. Okay, I'll be right with you after the commercial. All right, we're gonna play this quick commercial while our host finds back on the on air radio network, and we'll be right back, everybody. And we put her beautiful face on screen so you can see. Our host, Donna, will be right back. So stay with us. I'm Cheryl. We're three black moms. And in case you didn't notice the resemblance, we're also three sisters. We're going to be coming to you every week, sharing our and faith as we navigate our lives as moms, wives, sisters, daughters, and of course, black women in today's world. We'll talk about it all. Race, politics, religion, economics, culture, and we'll take a look at everything from whether or not to use corporal punishment to how do you keep your children about sex? Look for our upcoming book, Growing Up Charles. It's a personal story about our lives growing up in Maple Park on Chicago's South Side. I'm Barbara. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Naima. We're three black moms. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. 
three black moms. Hello? Hi, this is me, Jana. Yes. I don't know if you can hear me, but this is me, Jana. Yes, we can. Uh, Oh, excellent. Great. Okay, we're still playing one more commercial, and we'll be right back. All day long, and never have to leave your home. All you need is a me. Somebody to connect you to an audience. And that's what I'm talking to you. We produce posts. Our audience members are people who shop. They buy clothes, food, beauty supplies, cleaning supplies, home repair, transportation services, child care services, whatever you're selling. We're your leader. And tomorrow, you can sit back and relax at home while your business is making you money. We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection, and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of The Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. We are a part of the online network of Associated Internet Radio Hosts, On Air. On Air empowers you with transformative news and interactive radio TV shows. This is such a wonderful time to be alive and to see our human family coming together as one community as a result of that powerful tool, the Internet. We can now talk directly to each other all over the world. There's no need for conflict or misunderstanding. There's no need for violence to solve our differences. We can talk to each other face-to-face until we reach an agreement. On Air offers a fantastic global guide to communicators from all over the world who are using their Internet platforms to inspire us to strive to be our best selves in order to become the kind, compassionate, loving people we were all born to be. Once we do that, we'll see planet Earth transformed into a place of peace. Subscribe to the recommended YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and podcasts created by these Voices of Enlightenment. On Air provides daily news briefs and a weekly magazine to keep you abreast of events and opportunities. On Air news affiliates in television, radio, and print share information 
insight, and interviews with notable personalities. Go to OnAirEverywhere.com for a daily dose of uplifting news. We're On Air Everywhere, online all the time. Welcome back. Yeah. So what kind do you think uh, this lady, my guest, is going to be joining us? Yes. So let me see if our caller who is on site at the event now, I believe. And Admiral Nelson Bay, we have opened your mic. Yeah, Are you at you. the event uh, now? At uh, 86 in Cottage Grove, and there was some individual in a car, like a black SUV, that mentioned my name and called me a fraud. So I'm standing here waiting to see if the faggot will show his face out of his vehicle. Well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna close your mic for a minute, let you handle that, and we're gonna open your mic in a little while and see if uh, you're inside. And when you if you get inside. Please remind our guest, Wendy Williams, if you uh, recognize attorney Wendy Williams, and let her know we're waiting for her to come on. I've, I've tested, tested, texted her the number as well as uh, the StreamYard link if she wants to join us visually. Uh, and certainly be safe out there, you know. <laughs> Avoid unnecessary. Yeah, keep safe. Please keep safe. Yes. I mean, you know, sometimes people say things that are insulting, but, what I have learned is not to give power to people by giving them attention when they say something about me that is less than uh, complimentary. Complimentary or true, <laughs> less than true. Sometimes it's not even true, you know. And mm, if, mm. if you let people upset you, they will. And that's why it's important not to allow it. Uh, because it's so easy to be uh, taken away from your inner peace. And that's also, I find, part of self-love. Oh, absolutely. If you feel good about yourself, then there's nothing someone can say that triggers your anger if they insult you because you already know that what they're saying is incorrect. It's only if well, sometimes we still get triggered, I'm afraid. It's not quite as simple as that because, you know, we don't know what's going on in anybody's life or anybody's mind in any given day. So sometimes we do get triggered. But my thing is that we need to find ways to communicate so that even when we get triggered, we still have ways that we can behave respectfully to another person and another person can, you know, behave especially towards us and we have some some kind of com some kind of understanding. Because there's always gonna be people who trigger us, I'm afraid. That's true. And what a trigger is, it's a it's a recollection of a memory of being hurt before. Yeah. They're actually Exactly, exactly. We all have a lot of those walking around right now. You know, we might look like we're sane and we're normal, but that doesn't mean we really are. Right, right. You never know and when when someone behaves in a way that is unexplainable, you know, suddenly, mm. that suddenly 
what you might see as overreacting, they're not reacting to you. They're reacting to something in their mind that happens exactly. in the that hurts exactly. them. So it's an old wound that you just hit. <laughs> you poked it in yeah. and they ouch. You didn't cause the wound, but you hit you hit the sore spot where it it occurs, and that's yeah exactly exactly. So we never know really when that's going to happen. So what we need to have are strategies that we can use because we know that it will happen. Yeah. Right. At some point, it's going to happen. So we have to have strategies that we can use. And you see, I personally think that NBC, a lot of NBC nonviolent communication, is to do with prevention. Right, so that we don't get to that point where we're where we're that triggered. So, what does NVC teach when it comes to say you said something that was innocent, you just made a remark, and a person responds with extreme anger at you? Mm, you? Yeah. Okay. Well, the thing with NVC is that in, we we tend to be very very specific because the first the first um step in this process is the um <coughs> sorry, is the um the observation. So if you can give me a specific example then we can talk through it if you want. Oh. Okay, yes. All right. So <laughs> I'll give you an example of <laughs> something happened to me. Um I said to a person um, I said to them, we were, we were, we were at an event and, yeah. you know, there was an issue over a chair, you know, they had been sitting there first. I didn't know that. I came and sat down at the right. and, uh, and then, you know, when they came back, they said, oh, that was my chair, you know, and I'm just right. joking around. And I just, I looked and said, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I see your name is right here on there. Oh, let me get up. I didn't have my glasses on. I didn't see it. And, no, of course I'm joking. There was no name on the chair. It was ridiculous. For them sure, to sure, of course. I'm making a joke. And they went off. I mean, they, <laughs> uh, you know, well, you, yeah, I, I, I was sitting there. You got me. Uh, you think you got a right to just take over things? And, and yeah, this is what we're going to get into now, right? You think you're this, and you think you're that, right? This is sounding very familiar to me. <laughs> you might be able to tell from my reaction. Okay, so this person, the thing that we need to do is we need to work out what the person's feelings and needs are, right? So we know that they're angry. Yes. And the first thing is the how do you feel? How did you how do you remember feeling when this happened? How I felt? Uh I Yeah, how did you feel? Do you remember how you felt? First I was surprised. And yeah. then I thought, is this something about me this person's been harboring all this time? Is there is this resentment coming from somewhere? You well, know Did you I, know this person already? I, I knew them but not that well. You know, because yeah. you kind of know, you know, everybody who goes to events, you know, activist types, you know, that kind of thing, you know, so everybody sort of knows who everybody is, even if you don't really associate. Sure, sure. But we weren't friends, you know, we weren't like someone who would know me personally and be able to have an assessment of my personality as somebody who's always trying to, you know, get her way or whatever she was. Uh, right. 
accusing me of, you know, and I'm thinking, now, how could, you don't know me, number one, that's not true. Number two, you don't know me well enough to even have an opinion. And number mm-hmm, three, mm-hmm. I'm laughing. This is a really good example of, <coughs> excuse me, the kind of problems that we deal with every day and the kind of problems that we address with NGC because they happen every day. So what I would say, first thing is, do you remember how you felt at the time? Were you shocked? Were you angry? Do you remember how you felt? Shocked and... Yeah, how you felt, I, your feelings. Because there's a thing that I do when somebody uh, uh, does something that takes me away from my state of peace as like trying mm-hmm. to balance my energy so that I diffuse anything inside of me that would make me respond in kind. So I have to think. Okay, that sounds good. So what does that involve? Don't react. uh, You know, control your facial expression, you know. Okay. So that I I look neat. I made an. uh, And why did you learn to do that? Yeah, I mean, I I think that's a that's a, I don't know if you call it a defense mechanism or whatever, but it's to make sure I control mm-hmm. myself that no one knows when they've upset me. So you know, yeah. I'm on my face, and only my close friends know it's a it's a mask. But okay, so you know. you're basically feeling scared, and you have got a need to be safe. This yeah. is what I'm getting from this. Yeah. So, the, so your primary need at that point was to be safe. It was safety. So that's good that you've connected with and identified what your need is in this situation. Now, the next thing would be trying to work out what her need was in this situation. So do you have any idea what her need might have been in this situation? Apart from the fact that maybe she was tired or something and she needed to to sit down. I think she had some other needs going on as well. Well, apparently sitting in that particular chair uh, symbolized some sort of status that she thought she should have had. And Okay, that's this, cool, but status is not a need in NBC. So it would have to be something else in addition to status. <coughs> Sorry, I'm not saying that that's not happening, but in NBC yeah. that would be considered a strategy rather than a need. So what do you think that the need might be? And this is what we do in NBC. We try to guess the need. But let me be very, very clear about this. The purpose of this is not to work out what the need is, okay? The purpose of this is to connect with the person. Right. And let the person know that we genuinely care about his or her needs. Yeah. You got me? Yeah. So what do you think her need might have been at that moment? Did you need to feel safe? Did you need to, I don't know. I would just guess, right? We call it an empathy guess sometimes. I mean, um, I, 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 my greatest need was to not let her, uh, not appear to have been hurt or embarrassed at all by her outburst. Uh, me, sure, of course. But what I'm thinking is that that's a safety need. Yeah. Yeah, so, the need there at that moment was safety. That's what I think. You know, in in her attacking my character, I had to not let her rattle me or take sure. me out of my personality of peace and joy and cheerfulness. 
you know, even though what she said was mean. And, sure, of course. And so even okay. as I was, because I, so, I could have tell her and said, well, look, you got up, so you lost your seat. I was, I had already told yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. But that would not have solved anything, would it? So that, you know, I'm choosing to give you the seat because you're acting childish, not because, you know, you have intimidated me in any way, you know. Which is yeah. Of, For me, so do you so, think that this was a safety need? That's why you didn't want to show any vulnerability? Right. Do you think right. that was a safety need? Yeah, I would say that's Sorry? Yeah. Safety, right. Okay, so that's good. It's good that you're in touch with that need. That's really important. Um, so then the next thing would be to try and guess her needs. That's how things get resolved. If she knows that you really genuinely care about her needs, then she's more likely to be receptive to your needs, which is basically how NBC works. If you um, show and demonstrate that you genuinely care about her needs, then she's more likely to respond positively to your needs. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That so can you give her a guess about what you think her need was in that moment? I would say my my guess was that her need was to feel that she was respected. Okay, so she had a need for respect. And for her, the way to um, address that need and fulfill that need was for her to be able to sit where she wanted to sit, yeah? Right, right. To, for everybody to think, realize that she's important or something like that? Yes, yes. I mean, I'm so, really trying not to be sarcastic, but I'm finding it difficult right now. But, you know. <laughs> because, yeah, that kind of behavior. Well, it's always unsettling, and I guess that's one of my strategies that I use is to just laugh about it because I think it's ridiculous. But yet she is a real person with a real need that's alive right now. So if we really want to resolve this, we have to acknowledge that. Yes. Yes. No matter how annoying we may find her at this moment, we have to acknowledge that actually she's a person and she's got needs and those needs are important to her. Right. That's the, and, and so do you think this is a need for respect? I, I think I think it was a need for respect. Now I don't okay. I don't think that I in any way disrespected her but No, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm just trying to work out what she was feeling and what she was needing in that situation. Yeah, in that situation, apparently it was a need for respect, you know, feeling like you took my chair and, you know, now you're making light of it. You know, now you're making fun of me because I asked you to give it back. I I think that was her perception because I made a joke about it. Right, right, right. Okay. So one of the things you could do is you could say to her, um, uh, is respect important to you? It sounds to me like respect is very important to you. And you might have to keep saying that for a while before she really hears it and before she really is willing to admit the possibility that you actually care about her needs. Yeah. But you can do that. You know, it might take some time. It might take longer than you actually want to take on this because, this, you know, you might be, I don't know what you're thinking right now. You might be thinking this is ridiculous. This is stupid. I don't know what you're thinking. You might not be thinking any of those things. 
but I know what I would probably be thinking right now. I, 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 I uh, cause when she went on a tirade about it, mm, I, I mm. gave her and a smile like, you know, <laughs> you're awfully silly about this little thing. But, you know, I didn't say anything else. It was just kind of a, a right. smile. You're being absolutely ridiculous, but I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of even responding, kind of a smile, which, you know, she could have read it as sarcasm, which probably was. And then I, I right. put it on another table and sat down. But, you know, it was kind of clear, I guess, that she was angry. Yeah. And I felt like I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of thinking you upset me in any way at all. Sure, sure, sure. But again, I suspect that that's safety news. Is that still safety news, do you think? I think so. And you know what? I'd like to mention the thing about earlier, the crying thing, you know, learning yeah. all of the methods of not ever showing any. Uh, Attorney Wendy Williams, Chicago, Cook County. Oh, well, Attorney Wendy Williams has joined us. Wonderful. Okay. Well, we need to continue this conversation. We don't need to continue it right now, but we well, need to continue it until we come to a resolution. So at some point, we're going to have a chat really soon, yeah? Yes. Well, you know what? What we'll do, we'll, oh, we'll come pause right now because since Wendy is uh, in, in the midst of a, an event, and I know Yeah, that sure. Excellent. Excellent. Welcome, Wendy. Welcome. Um, I'm just thinking if you really want to learn in D.C., Naima, this this has been great. This has been a really good opportunity to learn a bit more in DC and practice it. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you very much for that. Yes, I, I and and for those of you all who are hanging on the edge of your seat to find out what happens next in 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 in, in DC training, just just stay with us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, welcome, welcome, Attorney Williams. Hi, how is everyone doing this? Wonderful, sunny, beautiful afternoon here in the fabulous Chicago, Illinois. For those of you who are listening internationally, the sun is out. And it's a beautiful day for a winter yeah, day I don't here in Chicago. <laughs> um, yeah, I get, my, this is what my dad used to do, right? My dad lived in Hawaii. And sometimes oh, I wish on him and he goes, it's a beautiful day today. It's 80 degrees out. It's sunny. And I just feel like, I don't need to hear this right now, Daddy. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's the perks of living in London. Yeah, yeah. you get to have cloudy days quite a lot. But yeah. you know what? It was very warm today. It may not have been all that sunny, but it was warm. So I'm thankful for that anyway. Anyway, welcome. Welcome. Yes, Thank you welcome. for joining us. How are you doing, madame? How are you? I hope well. Me, personally, I'm doing all right, actually. I'm enjoying this today. Good, um, good, 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 good. Yeah, I'm enjoying this. this group. We, we're talking about a lot of interesting stuff today, and I really want to hear about this men's summit that you've been attending today. Tell us a bit about well, it. Well, so today um, there was a summit about men. And what yeah. men need to talk about in terms of resources and bettering themselves. Uh, Dr. Obari Cartman, I think I want to make sure I pronounce the name right. Let me pull all this up. Um, he did a summit today. And uh, that summit involved um, 
the community of men uh, here, pr- primarily on the south side. And it was a restorative okay. opportunity for men to get equipped, challenged, and healed and refreshed for the future. So we like that. We always like things where people are getting prepared for the future. That's wonderful. That is wonderful. And it's what's needed, I think. So what exactly is happening at the summit today? Well, you know, we're not privy to a lot of things that's going on because it's for men, but we're here, again, circulating uh, materials uh, and literature regarding a big upcoming Cook County judge election. And I am on the ballot for that election. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're just Excellent. now leaving the summit after having a, you know, a brief minimal contact with the participants at that summit. Um, I'm sure there'll be more about that uh, when uh, Dr. Uh, Obari, let me get his name straight again. I looked for it and then yes. I put Obari, it back. Obari, Obari Cartman. Yes, Obari Cartman. Cartman, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. A wonderful human being. I've talked to him before. Yes, Dr. Obari, O-B-A-R-I, Cartman, C-A-R-T-M-A-N, if someone wants to, um, you know, find him on social media. But uh, he has uh, quite quite a wonderful reputation. But, no, the details of what the men discussed in there, um, I would prefer that – Dr. Hartman, uh, Cartman, excuse me, uh, be able to share that uh, on his yeah, social cool. media. Yeah, we'll, we'll but we were him. excited. Yeah. But, yeah, so we were excited about getting our literature out for the yeah. judicial candidate. Um, I'm one of them, Wendy Williams. Lori Roper is another. Ashanta okay. Rice is a third. And a fourth one is um, Chelsea, um, Chelsea Robinson. And I'm Wendy Williams for those of you who are listening. Yes. Yeah, we have your we have your, your face up on the screen, uh, Wendy Williams. Oh Wendy wonderful. Over twenty five years experience specializing in civil law and criminal defense matters, community services, social justices, recover, graduate, test prep, professional school, entrance exams, and bar exam preparation programs. We win with Wendy yeah. Williams. Yes. Yeah, so my now, community service go ahead. We were telling our audience about your over 25 plus years uh, in, in uh, of course, in the courtroom and dealing, especially with family law, which can get really ugly when when yeah. families break apart and fight over things, whether it's a fight over divorce or fight over property. And you know what happens to the love that's supposed to be in families when they end up taking each other to court. That's got to be painful even to watch, but especially when you have to assist in bringing peace. And so, you know, we know that your experience makes you qualified to judge in those matters. But, you know, we're, we're taking a look at, at what it takes to uh, mend relationships. Uh, and our host, John was giving us the course on what she's specialized in, which is a, 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 pro, a, a process called nonviolent communication. But as someone in the criminal justice system, how does one bring people to a point of 
reconciliation when they are family members fighting each other in court? Well, um, if you know a little bit, well, actually, Latif, you know a lot about me in terms of that because I have done a show before called Wendy Williams' uh, Mm -hmm. show on uh, family, and one of the taglines for my show is, are you fit to be a parent? So by the time the court system gets involved, it's too late. Right, right. Because my clients uh, find out usually through discussions with me in preparing them for the judge's decisions that many times they have really selected the wrong person to be a lifelong mate. Usually that person is suffering from something in their own childhood that did not get corrected. Usually Mm. some type of abuse, some type of abuse and dysfunctionality. And we make the mistake of of sex and money. The trauma from your childhood you will carry into your all your relationships, uh, friendships, romance, work, all of your relationships. And if those things go uncorrected, then you will drag that into the relationship, and usually the relationship will kind of self-destruct. And usually both parties are bringing in something from their past, their history, their childhood, that they will not realize the trauma that is destroying their relationship. Environmentally, for African Americans, it's slavery, and the way slavery uh, dealt with our relationships, and then that morphed into a modern day issue. Sometimes, when I'm talking to a client, I split the screen and I see 1823, and then I see 2024, and actually, just the clothes and the technology is the only difference that I thought. Wow. Wow, you, you, we were just talking about, you know, the common experience we have of getting beaten as children and then told to shut up and stop crying. And, uh, you know, of course, and Jana was sharing with us, you know, the memory of the, the fact that uh, sometimes during these slave beatings, if you cried out, you'd get beat worse, even beat to death. So we had to learn how to take pain and act like we weren't in pain. And then, yeah, that's right. We, we learned how to pretend. And that was a survival mechanism. Um, unfortunately, that's something that we had to do to survive sometimes, and we still, unfortunately, carry these patterns. So when I was a child, I'm told, I used to cry a lot, and I used to wake up in the morning crying. And then, let me just tell you a quick story. I, um, I was reading something, I don't know, a few months ago, and it was this woman talking about um, she had been from... Um, she was from Hungary, and her mother found the, the doctor one day, the family doctor, and said, can you help me, please, because I can't stop my child from crying. My child is constantly crying, and um, can you help me? And he said, I will come around, but I can't actually help you because I'm having this. It was, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention it was right after the Nazis had um, invaded Hungary. Hungary was the final um, final country that the Nazis invaded. 
And he said to her, yes, I will definitely come round, but I can't actually help you because all my Jewish babies are crying all the time and they won't stop crying. So she said to him, well, why are they crying? Do they understand what's going on? He said, no, they're too young to understand, but um, they, they are picking up on their mother's anxiety. Yes, they feel the sadness of of those around them. Yes. Yeah. Can and you so imagine? Really spoke, can you imagine? Really spoke, can you, yeah. No, no, you're right. Go ahead. What many of us grew up with, you know, distress around us, so we were feeling it even as babies, you know. Yeah, and children do pick up on these things. And then to be told, don't cry, that doesn't help. <laughs> that doesn't relieve anybody's anxiety. It's not even really mine. Um, but this is what we're taught. And as I said, this is a survival mechanism that we learn since labor. And I think we need to unlearn a lot of these patterns because they're very destructive. And we unlearn them through resources like therapy, uh, group therapy. Many have also graduated to addictions compounding the trauma, mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of addictions. We always want to talk about drugs and alcohol, but I want to talk about sex, food, and gambling, religion. Yeah. Uh, in your yeah. neck of the woods, Zana, there's a man, I believe he's still with us. His name was Dr. Leo Booth. And Dr. Leo Booth wrote a book that even listed mm-hmm. race, racism, okay, uh, as an addiction. How about that? Wow. So oh, really? we what have to get in, Dr. I, I don't have that information in front of me right now, but his name is Dr. Leo Booth. Very and if you Google him, you will find his um, his book. I want to tell. I think the name of the book was Letting Go. I've heard of And I would say Letting Go of Bad Habits, for instance. But you got to right. go through therapy, and this is what I tell people. Therapy is not the end, but therapy is very important. So you get, so you get the therapeutic intervention. You get the therapeutic, right in front. You get the therapeutic um, intervention. But guess what? All those years you have learned, uh, you have learned. Uh, you have to unlearn, as you said earlier, a lot of bad habits. And thank you so much for explaining all that. But and I think this in a way relates to what you've just been talking about. I would like to know in your experience, what kind of issues do you think that men need to talk about amongst themselves? Because men, you know, a lot of our guys they just don't want to talk about things. And I'm not even just talking about black men. I think for black men it's even more difficult. But um, I don't, I, I, I what don't kind think of so. Have I, you seen that you think that men need to be talking about? I just said it. Are you unfit to be in a relationship? What are the okay, guidelines but not for also unfit? women? That question. I, I, I said, I, if you said men, I was talking about both parties. Okay. So yeah, I'm, talking, I'm talking about specifically because there's this men coming on today, which I think is great that that is happening. In your experience within the courtroom, 
What kind of issues do you think men need to talk about? It's too late when you get to the courtroom. That's what too I'm trying late. to say. It's too late. It's already, the, the situation's already beyond. The, the damage, court. the damage yeah. is already too great. To, mm-hmm. for, you, can, you know, you, in the wake of murdering all these people, you now want to stand up and talk about the fact that you need therapy? It's a little late. What are we going to do with mm-hmm. all these victims over here? Yeah, sure. So, um, so what, what do you show. think we can do as prevention, or what do you think particularly men can do as prevention before things get to that point? Because I think prevention is well, the most important. Well, I have my own little theory based on two okay. books that I've read. The books okay. are Black Black Pain, which I think is applicable to anybody. Black Pain, written by Terry Marie Williams, and Black Rage. Oh. And now, cast, Black Rage, by the way, was written by Greer and Cobb, and uh, two psychiatrists. Black Rage was written by Terry, excuse me, Black Pain was written by Terry Williams, okay? She was a uh, social worker who had a, a real interesting uh, life, uh, and she wrote about it in between her pain. And then there's cast by... Uh, Dr. Uh, excuse me, Isabel Wilkerson, cast C A S T E, the origin yeah. of your discontent. Now, I also have my own little uh, guideline, and uh, Naima has heard it a thousand times the year I did the show. Number one, before you choose to marry someone or have children by someone, ask yourself this question about these questions about their fitness and your own. Did you come out of an, of an environment of habitual criminals? Did you come out of an environment of addicts and alcoholics? Did you come out of an environment of domestic violence and abuse? And did you come out of an environment of mental illness, particularly right. in this day and age, uh, paranoid schizophrenia, as well as bipolar uh, behavior. Now, let's answer those questions. I know I have to raise my hand because I am a citizen of the United States, and I have been, uh, I'm a descendant of slaves in America. So my family is impacted by all of those things. However, the next question on the prong, the two-prong uh, analysis is one, do your, does your family fit into that category? And number two, what did you do about it? Did you right. recognize or did someone help you to recognize that you had a problem? And right. I, I'm going to put you guys in my business. How I found out was as a lawyer. I'm reading okay. psyche vows for my clients. I'm reading psyche vows. But after I read the psyche vows, I was able to identify the behavior. But today we got yeah. YouTube, we got social media, we got we got presidential elections where you can look at the behavior of someone and say to yourself, is that a person that's fit to be anything, responsible for anybody? Am I fit to be a mother if I'm a drug addict, if I come out of an abusive relationship? 
if there's mental health, maybe I'm not. But here's the kicker. She may not realize that, but the man that she meets is going to have to realize it. Otherwise, they've got a lot of work to do, and nine times out of ten, it won't get done unless you address the habitual criminal issues, the abuse and neglect issues, the uh, uh, addictions and it because it's not always drugs. As I said before, Dr. Leo Booth's book, Letting Go, identified, and he's not the only one. I think Dr., the late Dr. Uh, John Bradshaw even identified racism as an addiction, among oh, all wow. the other ones that we're aware of. Shopaholics, gambling addicts, all those kinds of habitual ways of being can destroy a relationship unless, what do I always say, Naima? Unless you are compatible with that problem. I like criminals. I like being abused. I like using drugs. I like being an alcoholic. I like being a gambler. Me too. I'm mentally ill. Yeah, me too. You know what I'm saying? That's right. so I'm really glad that you said that sometimes you're not aware of it because I think that's probably true for most of us most of the time. You know, like in my family, because we weren't allowed to talk about anything. I mean, see, in my family, I was the one who was a fighter, right? So I would talk about stuff. But nobody else in my family wanted to talk about or hear about the problems that we had as a family. So that was a big problem oh. for me. But but you see, I'm glad you said what you said because a lot of times we're not. We you know we're basically walking disaster areas. Some of us, and we're not even aware of it. And my family had all this sort of um this investment in appearing normal. And again, I think that that is a uh, survival strategy. It doesn't make it okay though. But I think that's true of a lot of us. We want to get on in life. We want to get on in the world. We don't want people to actually see our pain. So for whatever well, reason, we're walking the and, and then how, how can you argue with a man or a woman that says, I want a divorce because you did a good job of hiding this? You shielded mm. it from You showed me the representative. Why shouldn't he leave? Because you're not yes. a whole person. Why yes. shouldn't she leave? You're not a whole person. Here you are, 36 years old. We got uh, three or four kids, and we find out that you really don't want to be in this marriage. For whatever reason, it doesn't matter. You've got to let go. That's what Dr. Leo Booth's book is about, letting okay. go. Yeah. Well, you got to let go. And then it's, but one more thing. One more thing. Is, yeah. Oh, you don't want to let people know uh, – where, is there a website they can hear more about you, your candidacy, your work? Uh, give us a website and contact information. Oh, my website is under construction, but it's select Wendy Williams for judge dot com, and it's under okay. construction right now. Yeah, is that and I'll have some uh, for for for. And that will be a number four because we were trying we we were trying to save space. So don't forget, Wendy Williams, I'm running for judge right here in Chicago, Cook County, countywide. I'll be on all of the ballots. My punch number is 148, 148. Look out for Lori Roper. Her punch number is 149. Look out for Chelsea Robinson. Her punch number is 142. And look out for Ashanta Rice. Her punch number is 155. That's 142, 
148, 149, and 155 between March 4th and March 19th, 2024. Look for us on the ballot, and we're waiting to serve you. Well, all right. Thank you very much, Attorney Wendy. It's so kind of you to come on the show and, and share your wisdom and share your experience. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you, uh, the listening audience that's out there, too. Thank you. All righty. We're so grateful. We've come to the end of our show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.talkradio.com. You can also hear today's show on the female Muted. Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash the female solution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimalatif.com. Watch our TV show. Listen to our radio show. Order our books. And be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. One question. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Hi. One question that I needed to ask. Um... Attorney Wendy, which I would have really liked to ask, is that if there's all these progressive um, choices that judges can make, which to me sounds amazing, it sounds really positive, how did uh, someone like Trump end up getting elected? I'm really baffled by this. Well, you know, I'm not baffled because... Leadership is a reflection of the state of consciousness of the people. And Very true. So when you have people who admire someone simply because they have wealth and they think it's cute that that person is rude and crude and they seek to emulate that person and when that person runs for office, they think that person would be a good leader because they have money, well, that's the mentality of the people who voted for him. And if you have so a you large basically people seduced by his wealth. Is that what you're saying? That's it. That's it. That, that's what we have been taught to value, money. We've been right. taught to people right. with money and to believe people with money are more valuable and more intelligent and more worthy than people without money. So he Well, he's about to run out of money, isn't he? This is what I understand. Yes. We can't blame He's anybody. He's not going to be able to meet his obligations unless some of his donors decide to, to put up the money, which they might do. Yes. You know, whatever manifests in terms of leadership, it is a reflection of what is in the hearts of the people. We can't get angry mm. ourselves. It's just like a marriage. If you marry somebody who's abusive, what does that say about you that says you didn't value yourself enough yeah. to get out of a relationship that someone was treating you badly? You yeah, can't so in the end, we're saying that it comes down to self-love. Self-love is a vital component here. 
it always comes down to loving yourself. If you love yourself, then you choose leaders that are loving and wise and will be compassionate and create systems and programs that will help you. If you don't love yourself, then you elect people who look down on you and abuse you and neglect you because you don't believe that you're worthy of good treatment. Everything. Mm, yeah, those are words to be by, I think, Naima. Anyway, thank you very much for the show. <laughs> We're always excited. You know, this lady was really fascinating. I want to hear, I want to hear some more from her because she was fascinating what she had to say. We, we, we ha- we'll have to have her back in the future. Yeah. But, you know, that uh, I will say about our earlier conversation when we talked about the the experience of having someone uh, get angry at something as little as someone sitting in their seat. Yeah, and we can actually say that it's little because for them, it's huge. It's huge. It represents being respected. And most people who have had an experience of disrespect in their childhood, whether it's from their parents slapping their face or beating them or hitting them or or scolding them in public, whenever someone has, I mean, whenever someone does something that triggers that memory of hurt and that memory of being disrespected, that's when they're going to respond. That's when they're going to overreact. Yes, that's right. That's right. Her memory of being disrespected, I was responding to my memory of being ridiculed when I showed that my feelings were hurt. So we we both were responding to our childhood experiences. You see? You're both getting triggered by your childhood experience, and I think that's something that happens a lot. I think it's something that happens every day, really. We get triggered by our childhood experience. That's 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 what it is. All the time. Until we heal. And this is the thing, right? This is what I always come back to. We need to heal. We have so much stuff that we need to heal. I'm talking specifically about African Americans right now and people of African heritage. But it's not just we that need to heal. There's a lot of healing that needs to happen on this planet. Yes, absolutely. So we're, 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 well, of course, we're going overtime. That happens sometimes. But we've got a caller on the line that I'm going to see if I can open the mic. You're actually on her twice. But um, I'm going to see if you did, in fact, get a chance to go to the men's conference at all. Oops. You know, Admiral okay. Nelson Day. All right, let me see. I don't know which one is. Did I call? Okay. Brother Nelson Bay. Admiral Nelson Bay, are you on this line? Are you on? Let's see. Are you with us? I'm inside the building right now. Um, I think he may have dropped. Yeah. Or he might be on mute. Probably well if he's on if if, because the event goes on till three, so they're probably still going on, which is great. But I will probably on the upcoming show see if I can have uh, Dr. Obari Cartman on to talk about that because. I would love to hear the men's perspective about what they're doing. Yeah, And how are they learning more about about the feelings of women? Because most men did not grow up learning compassion toward women at all. Or themselves. 
Most men did not grow up learning about compassion towards themselves, let alone anybody else. Right. They learned to be judgmental toward themselves and to mask their pain because they were ridiculed whenever they cried. So a lot of things that they're feeling, they not only won't talk about, they won't show it because yeah, that's right. it's not being whatever we consider manly, which means being emotionless. So we have a lot of yeah. work to do. We really, we really do, but as you just said, Naima, I would love to hear the men's perspective on all this. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we're going to bring that perspective soon here on the Female Solution Global Radio TV show as we continue this month to talk about love because love can heal everything. That really is the solution to everything. Love is the solution. Well, it is, yeah. Love is incredibly powerful. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But then on the other hand, different people mean different things by love, so that has to be looked at as well. Anyway, I'm going to go, but it's been lovely. Thank you so much, Naima. Thank you for engineering my show, and I'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you soon. And thank you all for joining us, and we will see you all, all next week. And, of course, join us tomorrow for Soul Purpose Healing with Viata, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern. And whatever it is, whatever time it is on your neck of the woods, uh, tune in live, and we'll see you then. Yes, good night, my beautiful, beautiful listeners. And I'll talk to you again soon. We've come to the end of our show today, but you can hear every show in the archive at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash the-female-solution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows, listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kujun, France, Merci. Spain, gracias. Italy, grazie. Egypt, shukran. Ghana, medasi. Nigeria, eshe. South Africa, ngiabonga. Senegal, jaret. Kenya, asante. Israel, toda. Pakistan, shukriya. Afghanistan, Tashakor, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Goodbye. Assalam alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you.
and may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessings.